420. Hey everybody, welcome back to Murder on the 420 Express. My name is Lisa. I'm Manzi. And today, something, something. Today we have a really great special guest. Yes. Actually happens to me, my boyfriend's known also as The Butcher. Everybody, please give a warm welcome to The Butcher. This is where you chime in, babe. Hello. <laughs> Hello. I think that's what you do. Hello. I'm your family butcher. Chop up your meat, chop up your ribs, chop up the people that you don't want anyone to find. <clears throat> he will. We've got meat cleavers hanging all over our house. It's pretty cool. Viewer discretion advised. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so uh, today we're going to talk about a really cool strain that Lisa and I both just found at the dispensary. If you're in northern Nevada, we highly recommend you check them out. It's, they're literally called the dispensary. So you can't miss them. You really can't. Just Google Super it. easy to find. Um, so today... The guy with a really cool mustache. Didn't get his name. What was his name? Uh, you know what? When I go in there, I never grab people's names. I think the guy with the really cool mustache is pretty descriptive. And I think <laughs> I only saw one in there, so you'll find them. Yes. We at least gave so, him our business cards, so he'll know who we very are. Very true. So, he recommended this um, pre-roll to us that was MTF. I was like, what does MTF stand for? Yeah. So, we looked it up, and it is popularly known as Mantusca Thunderfuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Correct us if that's not right. I really don't know how to pronounce the first portion of it. I just, but Thunderfuck sounds like a really great strain. I'm super taken aback by the fucking name of this strain. Yeah, what is that? Matanuska or whatever? Where is that even from? Does it give the so origin on that? So it's coming from Alaska. It smells quite mus- oh, musky. Oh, you're right. From like the Alaskan Thunderfuck. Well, uh, thank you. You're welcome. That's, that's the butcher. <laughs> Always. With the <laughs> earthy undertones, but it tastes, but its taste is something that will keep you coming back for more. During the inhale, the strain will leave your, leave a chocolatey aftertaste in your mouth for hours. I don't believe that to be true. Like no, what the fuck so ever. No, go I'll for it. it. We talk throughout the show. <clears throat> you can feel free so, to talk too. <laughs> keep it go going. For it. Keep it rolling. Um, so. <clears throat> I didn't really get that. I got a really piney. Yeah, it's a really good like camping butt. That's um, exactly how I felt. Like right near a campfire or going on a good hike, it, you want to smoke this. It gives you energy. It gives you that nice woodsy forest nature it, taste. It, it opens your sinuses. It opens your sinuses and opens your mind. It opens your sinuses up. That's for sure. I really liked it. It was really weird. On uh, one of the sites that we looked for descriptions, which is Leafly, which we think is awesome, um, it gave it a... Not a, sponsored, by the way. Yeah, but we would love to be. <laughs> if anyone in Leafly is listening, we would love the sponsorship. <coughs> Anyways, um, but there was a description there that said it had kind of like a cheesy taste oh, or yeah. cheesy smell, which I thought was, was really weird. I don't... I think you like cheese as a strain. No, well, no, it was taste. Like, it was listed it was as like, a taste. It was like pungent and sweet and cheesy, which I've never tasted weed to be cheesy. All I can imagine is like aged. Maybe that's what they were trying to get. It's, it or would probably pair really well with like it's wine. it's really funny. Like it's really cheesy? <laughs> All right. That was pretty cheesy, but that was pretty good introduction for that. Um, I would probably pair it with like a really good like red wine in the middle of winter or something. 
Yeah. Right? Well, Sounds when, like a really, like, snobby connoisseur of weed. Sure. Well, after smoking the strain yeah. and the effects kick in, um, I'm good. Uh, I lost my place. And the buzz kicks in. Okay, I lost my place. Well, how do you feel on it? Like, what's going through your head? Do you think it's a, it's a sativa... So it gives you that nice little energy kick, keeps your thoughts rolling, keeps your minds relaxed, though, and your body relaxed. I don't think so. Without I think my body lock. is kind of tense right now. Really? Yeah. Kind of like, like that little tingle? No, like I kind of want to get up and do something. Like it feels <laughs> like a... Productive bud. Yes. You want to be productive on this type, yes. on this type of bird. So here's what you do. If you need your house cleaned, you get your friends a pre-rolled of this MTF, and then you hand them the vacuum and you let them go buck wild. Clean my house. They're going to be like, man, i got to do something. I know. I'll get you another one of those pre-rolled if you does. <laughs> uh, no, I, like I said, I think this is really great for like hiking and camping, something to be like outdoor and active and really get going, especially if you feel like that little bit of buzz that you get. It's I nice. can feel it. Yeah. You can it's a it's a good one for what you are about to present because I'm so excited because I don't know yet again. Yeah, so we've got four interesting cases, three of which I have documents to, and one which my boyfriend the butcher is going to share with us as a personal experience. And <gasps> I know. I'm just so excited right now. The Butcher's a really special guest. We're really glad to have him on our show, and we're really glad that he's going to share that personal supernatural experience. As of right now, this is going to be text, messages, and calls from beyond the grave in the 21st century. Dun, dun, dun. So, my first case is a gentleman named David Peck who was unfortunately killed during a train accident going through Chatworth in L.A. that collided with a freight train. He was on a Metrolink commuter train. A total of 26 passengers were killed in this fatal accident, and David Peck was known to be killed on impact. What makes this case interesting is that for 11 hours, while rescuers were searching through the rubble, and his family and friends were unbeknownst as to what happened in the accident, even to the fact that Peck had died, his family, friends, and fiance received multiple calls from David Peck. Now, granted, they didn't have anything saying anything on the other line. It was just like white noise and static, Mm -hmm. but it was continuous calls to his mom, to his fiance, to his family, to his friends, everyone for 11 hours straight. One hour before finding the body, the calls ceased. On top of that, when David Peck's autopsy was done and they determined that he was killed on impact, his cell phone was also never found at the scene of the crime and they were never able to locate it. Or not crime, scene of the accident. Weird. Questions? Theories on that? Do you feel... Hmm. Okay, Butcher, do you feel that especially even on this immediate impact maybe he wasn't ready to leave obviously he had some unfinished business he had a fiance he was trying to contact friends that if we have emf readers like ghost hunters and ghost adventures and all that stuff they use those emfs those spirit boxes obviously it's known that spirit strain energy do you think it's possible that he'd like attach himself to his phone and started calling like his family and friends Could it have been that's a kind technical of the experience glitch? that's kind of the experience though that i was going to share though Okay. Was, um, when my buddy passed away, 
I won't, I'm not going to say his name, but when he passed away, he was actually dead at 1.40 in the morning. And um, his mom travels to the East Coast. I think she's in Baltimore. And she got this weird feeling like sometime earlier on in the night that she needed to call him and he didn't pick up. And yeah. He ended up uh, texting her. She received a text from him at uh, like one fifty something, and um, in the morning, and it just said, "Love, love, 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 love you, love you, I love you, love, love," and then like a bunch of those heart emojis. Like he was sending out <clears throat> to his mama, like, and, um, "I love you." She has his phone. She actually had to go to the police department to get it. Mm. But from the moment that he was pronounced dead at, like, 140, like, for some... I mean, the way that he died, there's no way... I mean, like, he had, he was, like, dismembered in the accident. There's no fucking way that he, he could, like, even or... have done that, you know? So how mm-hmm. would you explain that, you know? And I think you kind of, like, hit the nail on the head when you said... They attach themselves. I mean, like, technology is crazy. If you think about, like, mm-hmm. how far advanced we've become. And uh, I know a lot of people skeptical. I kind of find myself to be skeptical, but at times. But I mm-hmm. like to do, I, I like to believe in ghosts to get creeped out, I think. But I find it hard to believe, like, that our loved ones are just going to be fucking floating around us, like, seeing what we're doing at every fucking given minute of the day and I don't think so I think they visit yeah and I think like the way technology is going like what I'm saying like you have like EMF detectors and you have you have like spirit boxes and whatnot. how do they how does how do they communicate like when they do come and visit you know and I think if somebody that has recently been you know has recently passed there's probably some sort of energy that they could put out to Send. I mean, it's just, it's just small things. Even if it's like a, in a, if you see them in a dream, or oh yeah, you see, yeah, or loved you see ones that pass away. People say that they see them in the clouds. I've, or something, I've had that know, experience like, when my grandmother passed away. My grandmother primarily raised me, um, especially during some hardships during my teenage years. And she was my mom. She was my authority in my life. I respected my grandma. I love my grandma. I sometimes just like talk to her, even though I know she hasn't been here in like nine years. I will just reach out to her and just be like, Grandma, I need advice on this. I need you to watch over me. And I do. I feel like there. she's definitely visited me out. in dreams. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because it'll be like I'm the only one seeing her. And then she like hides when anyone else comes into my dream. Like, oh, I'm here, but I'm not here. And then, yeah, it's really crazy. And she'll just like, sometimes she'll just be holding my hand or she'll just be talking to me. And especially when she first passed away, I got a lot of dreams with her in it constantly being like, you're going to be okay. I'm going to watch out for you. I'm going to take care of you. Um, But on top of that, I think she sends me messages in Sierra Blue Jays. Now, they are common in our area, but my grandmother absolutely loves Sierra Blue Jays, and I will find them in the most uncommon places. Uh, you can even attest to this, babe. Like, I will see blue jays in the most uncommon places, and they'll get super close. They'll stand Sewers, right... Yeah. Bars. I was going to bars. I was like, yeah, dude, go out to the bar. You'll Some see a Sierra Some of the saloons out there in Ryan, um, you know, like on Wells or Yeah, whatever. exactly. But, you know, you <laughs> see them. You know, and I think for me, that's her just sending her little message, like, I'm still here. I'll always care about you. Maybe technology wasn't her thing, but actually... 
sorry to continue talking, but when I actually got my grandmother's car when she passed away, uh, after we left her funeral service, because she actually donated her body to a university for medicine, which I thought was really cool. We went to her, like, service of life or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, when we were leaving, my mom, my sister, and I were all in her, in her car driving it back. The car literally stopped while we were going 40 miles an hour it just died i thought the battery had died i couldn't figure out what happened obviously it was it was okay for me to pull off i didn't have many cars behind me it automatically restarted as soon as i turned the key again and all of her radio stations came back exactly how she had it so i had changed a few of them after she passed away because i was using her car more often towards the end of her life Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden, bam, it was like she had just left at that point. I could feel her in the car. The car died, and then, bam, it turned back on. And all of her old radio stations, like blues and jazz, contemporary music, everything. My grandma was a big music person. Switched to, back to hers. Oh, my gosh. Creeps my mom out, but in a good way. Like, it was one of those things that I was like, she's here with us, and she's just saying goodbye. Or just She's just saying she'll be back later. You know? That is so crazy. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Lisa? You got any... Uh, or what do you think? What do you think about messages from beyond the grave? I believe that they exist. Like, I believe it happens. Yeah. Have I ever experienced it myself? No, because I don't really know anyone. <laughs> you know? So, like, I don't, I don't really... Like, I've had a few family members die, but I was never really close enough to them to actually... Um, I think there is that closeness that yeah. has to take into account for it. Though, now that you say that, I don't know if it's appropriate to say, but my brother's experience while yeah, okay. he died and then was came back. Yeah, why don't you talk about that for a minute? Because so, I was trying to recap it for Mike, but I couldn't quite get the gist of it, but you know it better. Yes, because it's, it's a really creepy thing to think about. So, my brother, let's just say... I'll leave out details. Details, but he went to he went outside. Um, you know, he, there was like a tiff inside, so he went outside, and he went to the garage, and he tied a noose with an electrical cord, and he went and hung himself. And I don't know how long he was out there. I know that he said that he was. Like, once he realized that there, this is the point of no return, he was trying to struggle. To, Probably panicked. Yeah. yeah. And then, all of a sudden, all he remembers is everything going black, and that it felt like he was... You Have you seen the labyrinth? Labyrinth? Labyrinth. Yeah. And where she's falling down those, like hands. Like those hands. The best way I can describe <clears throat> it, it, it was kind of like that small of a corridor that he was describing but it was just really slimy rocks that were just pulling him down and every time he breathed in he breathed that stuff in and then he would throw it up and then he would breathe that in and then throw it up and like that was just sounds horrible and he said he felt like it went on for at like oh like my throat is hurting for just hours, thinking about it yeah like it went on for hours, he said, and then finally he heard a voice and he that said, it's okay, it's okay, it's going to be all right, it's okay, it's, it, you're going to be fine, just come on, come on, you're going to be fine. And then that's when he woke up to them putting a tube 
deep down his throat to intubate him. Oh, shit. And, um, I guess when my grandpa and his girlfriend at the time found him, they resuscitated him, and then he went to the hospital. So he was, like, legitly dead for a short period. From the sounds of, like, him and I, like, he was talking to me while he was walking home from the hospital. He was like, I legitimately feel like I died. Yeah, it sounds like that's And he's like, I I knew I was going to hell. Like, I knew that that's where I was going. And, like, your brother has has had a couple other attempts like that and from well yeah but they were never that's that never successful. like that's that successful like that close to like that actual dying no. experience and, and this is I like, will say if you if anybody is out there that is struggling with suicidal tendencies or if mm-hmm. you're thinking about it like please talk to somebody yeah and definitely definitely talk to somebody i i will say that this whole experience i am so glad it changed my brother's life like he's turned around he you know he's sober and he's gone to rehab and yeah you know of course kind of it was reflecting on like the order, afterlife but stuff. you know it's still like it He's turned around for the better, and I'm so excited for what's ahead of yeah. him because he's just so much. He's well, so much more positive. And choosing to be sober are still two different things. But it sounds like your brother but not only was ordered, but this was like a sober wake up call. Like get your life mm-hmm. in order, so when you do pass, you can be in a peaceful place. But it's just crazy to think that he like hears these voices, mm-hmm. and um, it's, it's just crazy to think about because it's like. What is really on the other side? Like, what? How much of our mind makes up that? You know, because obviously he wasn't he wasn't unconscious or without air for too long because he was not brain dead. But to have that feeling like it's for hours. To be honest, it's almost like that DMT experience. So like. When you smoke DMT, you your experience is actually Which only ten or fifteen I'm minutes. Totally but you down. Feel, I think I'm ready for that experience, dude. It's but you feel like you're gone for like days or hours mm-hmm. at a time because it's tapping into that part of your brain that's literally only, meant for when you pass away. And it's away. only fifteen minutes. Most it's only fifteen only minutes, and your body like minutes. seizes. Like you lay down, and your body kind of seizes for a moment, and then you kind of like prepare to trip on the other side. But to be honest, like if you're not prepared for that. Uh, I can attest to you, like, I had a, a couple really good friends who we had a mutual friend pass away, and they both decided to take DMT after his funeral, and unfortunately, that experience, like, that trip for them was horrific. It oh was, like, they created their own hellish atmosphere in that point because they had felt so guilty about the death of, of our mutual friends and everything like that. Um, but I do believe, like, we don't know what's on the other side. We don't know. I'm a big advocate that I do believe in heaven and hell. And so I'm a very, to, to just put it out there, I'm a very new age Christian. I'm a very open-minded Christian, but I came from a background where some of my family practice esoterics. Some of my family were very heavily religious. Some of my family is complete atheist and never wants to talk about it. I've other family members then, that are agnostic. And then you have me, who's the complete yeah. hippie, because, yeah. like, to me, our soul is energy. Mm-hmm. So... Everything. Transference of energy, when for you, sure. When you go, when they, say, when they say you go back to the earth, like, mm-hmm. literally, I think about it all the time. I'm just a walking meat suit. <laughs> yeah, bag of bones. I'm just... Yes. 
Like, <laughs> and then the, walking meat suit? Yes, meat suit. I am a walking meat suit. You're so creative with your work. <laughs> <laughs> but with that being said, like your soul is something that's completely yeah, different. So like your mind and your brain. It goes back. Yeah. Everything just goes back. So like, you know, when they say reincarnation and mm-hmm. stuff like that, like that's what I think of. Like it just goes back. Yeah. But our consciousness isn't at the highest level so that we know our so like it's constantly lives. a reincarnation until we can reach like that peak of like spirituality that peak of like being able to escape we this earth one. in essence yes yeah that makes and sense and you remember all your past lives and we'll definitely be doing an episode on reincarnation so if you're interested still at this point which we do know you are uh, do stay well, tuned for future episodes uh, in regards to reincarnation religious philosophy and ancient civilizations and aliens sure. Um, back to you, Mandy. Yeah, so now we're, we kind of got off topic, but we'll get back on it. And it's really interesting um, to think about what is after death. What is beyond this life that all we know? What's into the unknown? What are the realms of possibilities? Is it something that perhaps we do leave like this shell that we have and we do have this alternate form of heaven and hell or an alternate form of um, necessarily like nirvana? You know, you've reached that ultimate feeling of nothingness maybe we just go back into the earth nothing's made of us and we just become beautiful soil for the trees nothingness what if it's happiness and love well like nirvana is like that sense of ultimate contentment like you don't need anything you don't crave anything you don't just super happy because the higher you go the lower you fall you know you don't reach those peaks it's like this constant neutral that keeps your mind at ease shuts up the chattering monkey kind of like that weed kind of like mcf uh although i think it made me a little bit of a chattering monkey um okay so case number two this first case, let me go back. I didn't explain. David Peck and the dead phone call happened in September 12th of 2008. So it's a fairly new case. I don't hear a lot of the... I mean, obviously, text messages. Yeah, I understand that. And phone calls. But, um, you know, there's multiple police reports, and you can look this up, of haunted locations getting phone calls in the middle of the night. Police having to go investigate and realize there's no phone line. Or realize that address has been condemned or abandoned. Um, but I liked pulling up these newer cases. So, again, in 2008, also um, in September, for some reason, these cases all fall in September, it was reported <gasps> that a man... September. What do you have to offer? Oh, wake me up when September ends. It's actually about the lead singer's father dying. Oh, weird. Yeah. So, <laughs> I would title this episode that, but I think there's copyrights for dad, that. His dad uh, died in September. Just call me when September ends. Sorry, that's kind of shitty. <laughs> For all the dead people, you can just call at the end of September. <laughs> that's when the phone lines open and go. <laughs> Spiritual phone lines. So in 2008, Bing. it was reported that a man named Frank Jones had his deceased wife allegedly haunting him through text messages in Lincolnshire. A little more unconventional is that she was actually buried with her cell phone because apparently she carried her cell phone around with her everywhere and her husband thought that that would be a great token to bury with her. What? So I found that odd. Because I would find burying my cell phone with me just kind of weird and Why? morbid. Like, I just recycle that shit. I don't want to be buried with Why it. Why would you want to be buried? Who are you talking to down there? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't Texas say it was bitch. okay to move on, babe. Let me just give you a call. Let me just dig be him that up. jealous. Yeah. Dig his ass up. <laughs> yeah. So like Frank Jones was saying um, that he kept getting these texts. And, okay, so first it starts off with a phone call from his own phone number. So his own phone phone called itself. What? And the phone company could not explain it. They couldn't understand how his phone call was calling himself or how his phone was calling himself. So then he thought that that was really weird. After that fact, he said that he constantly smelled his wife's perfume around him. She's back. Yeah, okay. So like this weird, crazy, he's like, she always wore this one perfume, smelled like her. And then he started receiving these odd text messages. Now I tried to find the actual messages and I couldn't find it. But what I did find was his statement stating that um, how he identified that they were his wives is because they came from this random, like, six-digit number and that they had um, the same diction that she used, like, the same peculiar and particular words that she would use. And apparently she must have been a particular speaker or a peculiar speaker for him to kind of point that out because I feel like there's a lot of people who could just have a normal conversation. It doesn't necessarily mean it's your deceased wife. I find this to be a bit romantic, but it gets stranger. So, okay. prior to that, uh, I think, so his wife died, this was, uh, I believe, in September of 2008, about 12 years prior to that, from so the late 1990s, he actually had an exorcism done on his house, because he was dealing with evil, malicious spirits that he referred to as the thing, that he would come home to his house just looking like it had been ransacked, he had really what? poltergeist activity, Really fucking weird, right? Really, yeah. like even his uh, daughter in 2008, she was 30. So you got to think 12 years prior. So she was 18. She had reported at the time that yeah, they had to get their house cleansed. They didn't know what it was that was haunting them, but it was particularly attacking Mr. Jones. So he's kind of been in the newspaper a couple times for supernatural activity. To be honest, I don't know if this is like a 15 minutes of fame or the fact that it is his wife. I would like to think on the romantic notion that maybe his wife is reaching out to him after the grave. But I just found that odd to have like the evil malicious spirit exercise in that home. And then when your wife dies, you receive this. Maybe he's just a very sensitive person to the supernatural. You gotta think too if he's got any like sort of negativity that he's bringing in. Or that he's like putting out. There's been times where I've had people here in this house. You know, this is an old house. Yeah. You know, you'll hear walking around at night. Oh, yeah, there. babe. Tell them about our experience Whoa. that we had. We have a rug that goes over our old furnace. Back in the early, like, 1920s, their furnaces were all on the floor. Mm-hmm. Well, they converted that in the 40s, and they put it into the wall. Mm-hmm. But I still have this metal grate on the floor that I just covered with a fucking rug. And mm-hmm. anyways, you can hear people, you, you can hear walking on it. Okay. And uh, Mandy woke me up one night and I fucking jumped up and like, just ready to fucking kick somebody's ass. There's <laughs> like nobody there. And it Let me just. Out. It really tripped me out. Our doorbell would randomly ring. Oh yeah, let me just pause for a second. My boyfriend is six foot six, ginger, Viking looking motherfucker, and for him to be like freaked out for something. So basically, what we heard is we were sleeping, and we both heard it. It sounded like creaking, as if someone was walking back and forth in our hallway. Our dog, uh, one of our dogs, will usually sleep in the room with us, and he just kind of went on alert. So we realized he wasn't walking around. He didn't growl or anything, so we really weren't sure what to make of it. But it sounded like a heavy footstep. Oh, there was people. There was somebody walking around. I mean, 
It was odd. I had a buddy oh living God. here, and uh, yeah. we were going through our Game of Thrones phase. Oh, yeah. Back before and, I moved uh, in, he had yeah. his friend living here. And uh, we were both sitting on the couch, and we had this fan going in the kitchen, and it was it had enough force behind it that it actually unplugged the fan, and it was thrown across. I don't have a small... I, I have a very small... We have a very small house. For yeah. the fan mm-hmm. to get... It, like completely unplugged and thrown across the fucking kitchen is just—it's not that small though. Like that. it's big enough to have that space and that gap yeah, in between. Yeah, that it I would mean, just it's a small house, but it's definitely not big. But I mean, yeah. how how does something like that happen? Uh, I honestly think it's the people you keep around you. It's the energy that you're putting out. Completely. And I think a lot of a lot of people that I mean are going through hard times or or phases in their life that they I mean not all the time but a lot you know um, I think they so they bring that negativity in I totally think so and, I think uh, if it likes it I yeah. mean shit it'll stay and I think eventually something kind of will build up enough to where it can cause, negativity uh, can cause poltergeist activity, poltergeist activity that's exactly. not always related to an actual entity it's just related to that transference of energy that yeah that you were talking was about. Um, that was discussed in in the first yeah in the bell witch if you Mm. haven't listened to our first episode go back and listen to all of them it's worth it do it now (laughs) not now yeah after this podcast just go on a binger um but anyways yeah so basically that transference of energy like you were saying uh babe that the negativity that you bring around you sometimes it's not always an attachment but sometimes it can be you never know like there's a lot of paranormal investigators that do believe in like um, demonic attachments as well as you know angelic guardianships as well as just attachments in general and maybe if it was like a bad person's spirit take the conjuring for instance just a bad person's spirit just causing evil havoc like after death at that point you never know like and you just got to be careful um also on vice i just saw this article about an anti a haunted antique shop that you go there and it's kind of like a memorial museum they see all these antique pieces and they do paranormal investigations there but it's all from like haunted locations i'll have to look up to see where it's at or you could just go on vice and check it out yeah but they say a lot of spirits will attach to these items like dolls and chairs and staircases and weird things like a staircase they have of like where someone passed away on attachment I loved going to the antique shops in Vegas because they were so fucking cool. Yeah, I don't know okay. what you're gonna find. But like to think that like something that old could be found, like something there. Yeah. And you just buy it and then you just bring that shit home and you, you don't just bring even someone know. else's stuff to your it's house. Un- yeah, unawares. Yeah, yeah, unawares if you're just a- Yeah. Bleach it, cleanse it. Make sure you kind of, like, vibe out, too. Like, when you pick up something at an antique store, my personal, like, hippie perspective is kind of vibe it out. Like, run your hands around it, and I feel like if you pay attention enough, you can kind of feel what might have that negative energy attached to it and what might have a positive energy. I'm very sensitive, and I feel like my hands will literally start to, like, prickle and tingle if I feel like there's a lot of energy on something. Yeah, it's weird. Like, I feel like my fingertips, like, blood rushes to my fingertips, and I'll kind of run my hands around, and if I feel like something negative, it's almost like a pressure is pushing my hand there, and if I feel something more positive or cheery, or like that thing that your grandma would have at her house that is, like, very loving and cared for, I feel like I can feel that calming, that, like, sensitivity. It's so weird, because every, like, every single, like, 
like people, persons, animals, anything. Like they all feel it. So mm-hmm. it's like getting it's in tune with yourself. Un, it's unmistakable. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That is for sure. Cause I think so. I think you can feel like everything around us, radioactive signals, microwave signals, after death signals, even spiders, you kill one spider. And the reason why more come about is because it releases a scent that says, oh, this spot is open for other spiders to come about. So how about when we die? Why don't we release a sense of energy? I think we do, especially in tragic deaths. I think, you know, uh, David Peck was coming home on the Metrolink and bam died very traumatic babe your friends was in a horrific car accident bam just died wasn't ready for it it wasn't necessarily it was very untimely um not prepared it was crazy too she like brought out his phone she actually oh got his wind. mom yeah cause she gotta get she gotta go down to the evidence room and pick up all of his belongings Oof, and that's uh, so rough I she feel showed, for her. she came out like cause I signed I didn't make it to the funeral I did make it to the funeral. I didn't make it to the after, like the, the, the after reception. And uh, so I signed the book, and then she's like really eager to show me the phone. And uh, I don't know. I just I that gave me the fucking chills. To be honest with you, like seeing. I mean, how do you text message? Right, no way. If you're dead, you're dead. He was dead before he was found. That's yeah. when the coroner was saying he was dead. Yeah. But he'd been dead. I mean, shit, they said he left the club at, like, 12.30. Corner found him at 1.40 and said he was dead. She mm-hmm. gets messages at 1.55. It's like 1. 10 to 15 minutes after. Yeah, yeah. You know, well like, after he actually passed away. And he was, but he didn't have any arms. He was, he was bad. Yeah, he was bad. bad. See, my question is, is, would that bring closure, or would that just lead to more she questions? She went to Verizon and asked them about it. They had no explanation. They were, like, fucking creeped out, too. They were like, this is your son's phone? Like, your deceased son's phone? And this is your phone? And you're getting these messages? And mm-hmm. they're like, well, his phone is broken. Mm-hmm. She's like, we can't even turn it on. And, like, there was no conclusion. She was just... So she... She deserves it. She needs to... That I was mean, kind I, of it, nice that's, closure. That's her son. Regardless of whatever, like, I feel that if we die, I feel like there's just, we're either reborn or that's it. Everybody gets a chance on this earth to do something that they're capable of. Yeah, and I think potential you know be what? good. Mm-hmm. For a mother like that to lose her son. Oh, gosh. I feel like that was, you know, I think it was, it was just one of those things that he knew he needed to let her know that he loved her. In the end. As at last. In the end. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, uh, he, she would always tell me, you know, they would argue and whatnot. And he would always, like, come back and say that he loved her. And she was, you know, like, to see, though, that on messages on her phone. Of his. Just, like, saying, like, repeated, like, love, 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 love you, love, 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 love you with a bunch of hearts. And dude's phone's broken. He's got in an accident. His car was fucking completely told yeah his, mm-hmm. his shit was done how the fuck does a broken cell phone send a message that's what blows my mind see how does that get i mean like if it sends and then you turn it off you'll still get that message when you'll it still sends. get the timestamp or you can still go back to but the phone company and get a timestamp to be like oh, at this 155 was sent when all that when all the stuff's getting picked up on the street that's weird. you know like that's, that's where that curiosity of like the 
paranormal like text messaging you know like yeah. going back to what I was saying like an hour and a half ago uh, it's crazy yeah. technology's crazy like that's what I'm saying up, they always say you can read off the, the energy and you walk out on your front lawn and you pick up half your neighbor's conversation yeah isn't that mm-hmm. weird so how, I remember okay, so that transference a transfer of, of energy just, of everything you know like I mean you have to think like we're made up of energy that's what oh, our yeah. atoms are it's just exactly. little balls of energy that have magnetic polar opposites so if you yeah. think about it we are made up just of these little balls of energy so who's to say that when we pass away just because our heavier denser materialized energy stays here that our this spirit this is why I say I'm a walking meat suit this is exactly why I say that <laughs> I'm gonna say bag of bones <laughs> meat suit is just it's uh, I don't know girl you look like, like a bag of meat suit yeah <laughs> it sounds like it's really look at that meat suit walking weird. around yeah um, okay, so our last case uh, is probably one of my favorites from investigating this, and I actually titled it Spookin' Dean Koontz, which, huh? if you guys aren't aware, he's a horror murder mystery novelist. Um, he kind of goes on the darker oh, side, Dean Koontz, yeah. Yes! What about it? Okay, well, did I get your attention, Lisa? Yes! Um, so, also September uh, 2nd, <laughs> 1988, Catherine no Ramsland. <laughs> No what? <laughs> no more Green Day references. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, um, so Catherine Ramsland, psychologist, uh, who was overseeing Koontz at the time, stated that one day while he was in her office, he received a mysterious, unexpected phone call. Obviously, he answered the phone call, and um, upon answering, he said a female voice that sounded far away from the receiver uh, stated, Please be careful three times and by the third time it had oh, faded dude, out i keep getting chills and i hate to interrupt you but i oh, keep fine. getting like well i think when we talk about this it's like a sensitive subject and well like i'm super sensitive in general because like for some reason like i can i can't see mm-hmm. but like i can hear okay. so like you know like how you have like your inner voice that talks to you mm-hmm. it's super weird it's almost like i have like these random words that will pop up into my head. Yeah. That will just formulate like a sentence or like a feeling or something like that. Okay. Like whenever we talk about this or like whenever I go into like my meditations or trying to like read like tarot cards and mm-hmm. stuff like that, it just it gives me just like oh because these chills. it's like yeah, cuz I don't know, it's like a it's a overwhelming feeling. Mhm. So it gets me really anxious. Yeah, well, because it's a lot. It's like that sixth sense. I mean, imagine, like, actually diving in and feeling that sixth sense. Like, when you know, when you're able to predict or have a premonition or kind of understand, like, it's your, A, you're reading more body language than you're used to reading because we are 90% body language, 10% verbal. But on top of that, if we do even get communications from the dead via technology, what happened before technology? What happened before radioactive waves? What happened before microwaves, ovens, TVs, cell phones, light bulbs, everything? We were more in tune with the earth around us, so when someone passed away, you could feel the energy, and I could guarantee yeah. it's probably a lot heavier, more just, weighted. It's a so, lot. It is so. a lot. Well, this case is really cool. So this female voice that said, please be careful, please be careful, Please be careful. That eventually faded out. Coons obviously, um, it's it's repeated itself three times, and Coons was like, "Who are you? What are you doing? What are you calling me?" And never got a response. But per Coons, 
He said it sounded like his mother who had passed away two years prior. So, please be careful. Think about that for a minute. Why would someone, why would a spirit say that? Obviously, being his mother, maybe it was reaching out to him on more of that level of like, maybe in the afterlife you can see more. Maybe you have this premonition or maybe you see different factors in life that can ripple out. Two days after this happened, Koontz was actually attacked by his own father through what, what? I believe to be a dementia episode. So he went to his father's nursing home, uh-huh. and uh, his father had, like, um, secretly purchased this little yellow switchblade, and his father had been known for attacking, like, other seniors in this in the care center as his mental health was really wearing. He was known for attacking, like, his male nurses. And this was just mm-hmm. a recent factor, but Coons hadn't been made aware of it. He hadn't visited his father that often. So, when he went to go visit his father, he said he could feel or and see his father kind of change and maybe go into the episode. And his father pulled out this yellow switchblade and tried to slash him. And Coons had to physically fight with his own father and, like, restrain his own father from, like, actually killing him. And it could have been a serious attack. Mm-hmm. Um, and he really believes, he doesn't necessarily believe in ghosts, but he said whatever it was was someone that was trying to warn him of that impending attack, which I thought was real. I thought was really interesting. Um, he referenced this uh, this scene in his novel *Mr. Murder* by painting out a very similar picture, and then later released. Uh, Catherine Ramsland actually released that article in *Psychology Today* about the paranormal psychology and about receiving that phone call. Mm-hmm. Um, Perhaps, in my mind, as another romantic notion, just like I do believe David Peck reached out to his fiance and his family. I believe, babe, that your friends reached out to his mother. I believe that maybe um, uh, Frank Jones' wife reached out to him. Perhaps Steen Kuntz's mom was reaching out to him. I mean, if that was my son and I was a mother on the other side and I saw my son maybe about to get attacked or I just could feel something, I would do whatever I could on the spirit world to be like, watch out. Watch out. You know? Mm-hmm. So I thought that that was really cool, especially because he is kind of a darker murder mystery novel to actually have that paranormal experience and to have it being witnessed by a psychologist who's probably more of a skeptic than we like to, to state. Yeah. I would think that's kind of cool. I would think that's worth it. So, a, transition. It's all a lot. Yeah. It's all a lot to take in because, like, for me... I don't know. I've never had an experience like that. Like, I've had, like, weird shit happen mm-hmm. before, but, like, I've never experienced oh, someone actually so trying to communicate with me. I've had so many. It's, like, ridiculous. I've had experiences where I've been sleeping, and I've literally been woken up by, like, a whispering, like, hissing sound mm-hmm. that also was like, wake up. Like, just like that, and I literally woke up out of a dead sleep to all my pictures, all my posters, everything on my wall falling down. Have you ever woken up because you snore too loud sometimes? Yeah. Oh, no. That's that way, way too That's way yes. too paranormal for me. Too like supernatural. Someone, like someone's in the house <laughs> and it was just you snoring. Maybe I can see that with you. Sorry, I had to break the seriousness. No, but like, it's true. Who's there? <laughs> I can see that. I think you've woken me up with your snoring. Last night, you actually were talking in your sleep. Oh, yeah? Yeah, but you didn't say anything that was, like, I could get a hold of, but you were just, like, ar, 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 and it, like, kind of shook, and I was, like, you okay? And you're, like, yeah, I'm fine. And, like, I was, like, all right. Just dealing with some shit. Just dealing with some shit in my sleep right now. 
All right, so to, to kind of transition out of um, the weird cases, have your thoughts, have your theories, definitely post on our YouTube page, anywhere that we shared on SoundCloud. Give your comments, give your thoughts. But we would like to present, Lisa, the creepy fact of the day. Um, this one's a funny one. Okay. And so, it kind of go. I mean, I think it's, I it's not funny. It's ironic. Let's put it that way. Right. Okay. Because it kind of ties into these cases. So it is a man received the heart of a suicide victim, married his widow, and years later killed himself on the same day the donor did. Weird. I've heard of cases that unlike that. Isn't that, like, strange? Yeah. Like, I always wow. wonder, like, if you get someone else's organs like that, like, if you actually accept, like, a piece of them, so you get theirs. Like, I think so. Yeah. Because it's somebody else. Like, that's created. You're that energy, energy that creates yeah. something. That transference of energy. Like if you think about it, if our cells are able to communicate with each other, and then you get someone else's heart, and you have their cells in a weird way. I believe we have what we, what I call ancestry, um, in interlinked in our DNA. So that's why we have our certain fears. That's why we have our animalistic behavior. Besides our brain just working the way that it does, I do believe that we carry if we are interlinked through uh, reincarnation or anything like that. That we carry that genetic DNA line. I believe that we carry the memory of our fathers and our mothers and if you actually look deep enough within your own meditation state that you can kind of uh, time lapse into those memories and really kind of connect to them mm-hmm. I believe that wholeheartedly and I to bring up a Harry Potter reference Dumbledore had this huge well and it was like a well of dreams yes. but he was able to share these memories that other people had and dreams that other people had so that he could deduce them and look at them himself so why is that not something that we can have just without that scientific knowledge being discovered yet in our own DNA because the wizards are obviously more ahead of us they are more in like the 22nd century we're still stuck in the 21st century right now they're in Middle Earth yeah. Technical. Oh my gosh. My boyfriend's a big technical person. There's nothing Middle in Middle Earth. Earth. I don't even know where the fuck Hogwarts is. Hogwarts, yeah, Hogwarts I would say. Hogwarts is in England somewhere. Scotland, actually. Well, yeah, it's Scotland. supposed to be in England, but it's actually in Scotland. The actual, like, train, the bridge where the, the train passes. I'm a nerd. It's actually in Scotland. Okay, well, there we go. Case solved. Case solved. Hogwarts is in Scotland. If Put you have that one acceptance in the letter, letter yet. only case you have solved on this show. Mm. Pretty much. No, I solved the Bell's case. Yeah, I solved I mean, that we shit. Solved we solved I it. I did. It was, it was the, the teacher. Theory. Okay. Isn't okay. everything just a theory unless someone confesses? Well, when John Wayne Gacy says he ate fucking like 10 dudes. He confessed, though. Uh, there you go. There's no confession in this. That's just a theory. It, that's well, what she that just John, said. Yeah, I said everything's a theory because until someone confesses. Because he mutilated bodies in his basement. All right, get your spirit box out, boo. We're going to have to go talk to the teacher and see if he'll finally confess. Oh, does Do all murderers confess? <laughs> no. Huh? Does this mean we're going to Tennessee? We're going to go to Tennessee. We'll be back um, next week. <laughs> I'm going to call this bitch out. No, I'm not going to call him out. Yeah, at least he's... John you, Bell! No. It you wasn't John Bell. It was, what, no. Robert McDowell. No, no, no. It wasn't Robert McDowell. Uh, no? No, no, no. What was his Samsonite. name? Samsonite. 
I have That's it in our the notes. Name. No, I have it in our notes. Robert Powell. Robert Powell. Okay, That's not Robert, Robert McDowell. Patterson. I was Robert. close. I was close. I said McDowell. But you were very Powell. close. Powell. Okay. Robert Powell. He okay. was kind Ooh, of a cheesy MS. Yes. <laughs> I actually am craving a really good pastry. Really? Yes. Oh, I got a good recipe. I'll share it with you after the podcast. Okay. For a cream Ooh. cheese chocolate danish with almonds Y'all can't on have top. it. Y'all can't have it. Not unless you listen to our next podcast. Uh, so, for my <laughs> current events, um, I've got two, actually. So, one is that, okay, the car fire in California is finally being uh, wrapped, wrapped up. It's uh, being taken care that. of. It's finally losing its crazy strength. Yeah. However... As firefighters work to contain a deadly fire in Northern California, another fire is expanding, and that happens to be the Mendocino Complex fire, which has taken approximately uh, 273,246 acres and is now currently at 273,664 acres as it continues to grow and is known as the second largest fire in the state history of California. You said that was in Mendocino? Mendocino Complex Fire, yeah. Was that Mendocino County? I would imagine so, in Mendocino Complex. Well, that's the place to be. That place is on fire. Oh, my goodness. Shit. Oh, goodness, Why boo. Why is that? you getting high as fuck. Mendocino County is going for fucking hell to be. Hot no! box in the entire county. You know what that means? Weed prices going up? Yeah. Inflation. Well, so how about everyone who yeah. likes to toke, get your little bottles of water and start go spraying water <laughs> on those fires Protect or start giving plants. donations donations to all the firefighters in California that have risked their lives oh, and really been yes. trying to work to save. Please because go to some organizations. Please donate. Do it. Yeah, there's plenty. I think even Starbucks was doing a donation to it. I'd have to double check. Um, we'd love to start maybe a GoFundMe, uh, especially if it gets worse. So we'll share that link on our page if that be the case. Um, but if you have a heart, if you have save a brain, save the weeds and saves the firefighters. Yeah, yeah. Save and just them go all. do it. Just go donate. Give what you can, even if it's a box of granola bars. No taking one and leaving the rest. Just donate it all. Um, that's the that's part you bite. You have a share of it. You have a share of it. <laughs> <laughs> Sharing is caring. Oh, um, hide it, divide it. Exactly. There you go, go hang out with those firefighters and party. Live it up. Make them have a good time while they're out there fighting these fires. And honestly, saving a lot of people's homes yes. and lives and, and animals lives. and nature. All right. So the mm. second one I've got is um, I personally think it's really cool because I think it's freaking stupid that people have to spend time in jail just to pay off court fight, court fees. So a federal judge in New Orleans ruled on Friday that it is, quote, unconstitutional to jail people who fail to pay court-ordered fines and fees associated with their convictions without giving them a chance to plead poverty in a neutral form. Can I get an amen? I'm going to say right now, fuck, trying to pay court fees and trying to keep up with that bullshit, it's hard enough being a person who doesn't have to pay court fees, but imagine, like, you get in trouble, you make a mistake, maybe you get caught up in some shit, and then you have to pay court fees or be forced to, to face jail time, which you could lose your job, lose your house, lose your family, lose, lose your everything life. you care about, get your car booted, get your car towed, and then have to pay for all that shit. Like, we wonder why there's a homeless problem in the United States, and I'll tell you, it's one of these fucking stupid-ass rules and laws that is why we have that problem. Um, so U.S. District Judge Sarah Vance rebuked Orle- Orleans, so New Orleans, 
parish criminal district court judges for deliberately ignoring the financial conditions of poverty in the vast majority of the state. So I think it's really rad that what someone's actually poverty though. Huh? What are they considering True. poverty? People ma- le- making less than a living wage. I so mean, anyone who can't afford, so you got to think, babe. We both have jobs. We both have cars. We both have to house this one house. But if if for something happens and we ha- could only rely on one person, we'd be under that living wage spectrum because we wouldn't be able to afford it on just one income. Everything that we have, and now that we're on a on a two income dual income. Um, system really we're not in the golden age we're not back in the 80s and 90s we're not saving two-thirds of our income we're spending two-thirds of our income on bills there's a lot more poverty in the u.s that people are neglecting to even pay attention to especially in new orleans a city that's been racked year after year with hurricanes causing more poverty and condemned buildings in that entire state that i think yeah people who are still trying to get their lives together that have to pay court fees maybe the court fines just for a speeding ticket that you just couldn't pay so then you have to go up show up to court and you're trying to talk down your court but now you have to pay court fees maybe it's for a lawyer that you just couldn't pay maybe it's just for the court being able to house you i mean it's it's just fucking stupid that you'd have to pay for that even though you're struggling like i do believe that you have to have a justifiable poverty reason to be in that neutral forum I don't think anyone can just claim it. I think you do have to justify that you are in that neutral forum. But I think it's going to save a lot of our jail and prison systems, a lot of uh, uh, resources and not housing people who don't really need to be housed. You should just be able to be like, here, you just got to start community service. Volunteer. I say this, but I don't agree with locking up the homeless, but it would be a home for the homeless. Oh, I agree with that. They get showers. You get your clothes washed. You get three meals a day. Yeah, it's not glamorous, but I mean, like, they're homeless because they want to be homeless. Uh, some there's, of them. Some of them, you know. Some a of lot, them. And I'll say that. And I'll, I'll agree with that, but I mean, like. Why is it that we just as a community don't reach out more to so maybe people do. struggling with mental I mean, health? Like, I'm not going to be out there like. But you have to think there's got to be some of them out there that are just like they don't like human communication. And put it like this, like no, they did down no. at Reno. And they're they're allowed to be that way, and that's fine. Like what they did over at uh, at Tent City over by behind, behind Freight House. Mm-hmm. They said you guys have they did not they were talking about removing them. And actually making them go to Sparks. And like a bunch of activists. Park episode. A bunch of mm-hmm. activists from Sparks and a lot of people in Sparks were outraged. They're like, don't set us your fucking homeless problem. Like, we're not a glamorous. No. Like, we're not as glamorous as, like, Reno is. Reno's not that glamorous. Well, and so why just try and send them anything, to one city instead of trying to work with them? They said, you guys just need to relocate downriver further. And if you want to stay here, you have to pick up after yourselves. Mm-hmm. You cannot flood the river down here anymore with your shit and your mess. We cannot. We don't want to be finding heroin needles and crack pipes everywhere, meth pipes everywhere, mm-hmm. baggies everywhere, trash everywhere, human shit piss every fucking where. Mm-hmm. You have to act. You have to clean it like it's your house. But for people to act like that, I can tell you right now, they have no problem being homeless. If that's a lifestyle you live... That's a lifestyle that belongs homeless. To have complete mess of everything. You're talking about how much beauty you have in life. Everything. I think there's just a big stereotype on who the homeless are. 
And I think just from my own experiences with volunteering, my own experiences and trying to get into the community, there's a lot of different stories. And you don't I'm know everyone's story. Homeless. I would be down to go to a soup kitchen. There's also a lot of resources that the homeless people don't even know or not even are aware of because it's all, a lot of nonprofit work, a lot of community work that there's just not that big enough outreach to get to every single person who's homeless. I mean, there's pregnant women that are homeless that I could guarantee you that's, don't want to be problem. sleeping on the cement. Uh, I could tell you there are kids getting kicked out for being homosexuals that don't necessarily need to be homeless but that's just the fucking way that some people work and it's shitty but do they have anywhere to go is there anyone that's really going to accept them not everyone and that sucks there's drug addicts who struggle and struggle and the only way that they can keep warm and get a roof over their head is if they're willing to either sell their bodies or throw in another liquid Jesus into their veins or do something it's not necessarily that they choose this lifestyle it is a suck sucking in lifestyle if you read of any of accounts of people who fall into sexual slavery in the United States it's usually because it's young kids that ran away young kids that got kicked out picked up by pimps and it became a vicious cycle of control to where they could never save up to even carry themselves abortions were happening so they behind chose back a they lost control of so maybe they chose it. Maybe the, the sex lives that I'm talking about that happen in the United States, that even in huge cities and uh, even local cities, even Reno has been known to have sex slaves rings happen. Oh, it's yeah. not necessarily something that they choose. It's something that they literally get kidnapped in. Get kidnapped in. Well, Do you think... We, we're just talking homelessness. I don't... Want, you know, no, but I'm saying, but this is what happens. A lot of times these kids and people are turned out on the street and they're seen as homeless. Instead of someone going in and trying to reach... I mean, our... Our CPS system is already fucked up as it is. A lot of our governmental systems, they just don't have enough people working for them to help these people. However, just to condemn them for the state that they're living in, and there are people who like to be homeless. There are people who choose to be homeless. I'm not saying that that's not the case. I think it's a situation, a case-by-case basis. And in that regard, going back to paying the court fees, I understand where you're coming from. Jail can be a home. I, just, I think that there should be more community outreach than having jail be the resort of a home for someone who's struggling. Well, maybe it'll give us some time to figure that shit out. Maybe. Maybe. Not to sound like an asshole, but I mean, like, if you're fucking sleeping on a step. No, dude, my, or I, one of like my brothers. In, like, downtown San Francisco all fucking day long, and then you kind of, like, mope around because either you've just become a shell and you've lost all fucking faith in humanity, including yourself. Then, I mean, maybe, I mean, when people go and they serve these jail sentences, they're not always, you know, most of them, you know, like, come out, you know, I'm, yeah. I've been, uh, why am I drawing a blank? What's the word? I don't know. For jail, you go to jail to be... Convicted? Incarcerated? incarcerated? No, that, you, you go to jail and you're incarcerated, but, like, you go there to be re... re- Rehabilitated? Rehabilitated, thank okay. you. Okay, like corrected? Yeah. Correction. You know, not everybody always comes out rehabilitated, but sometimes oh, no. they do. It works for some people. Oh, totally. It works for some people. So, and instead of, I mean, a lot of these fucking homeless people too nowadays have been have been getting it good, mm-hmm. especially in a lot of areas that have been like up and coming. I mean, like, for instance, like my buddy gets on, a, on the fucking BART, sees a homeless guy on the, mm-hmm. on the train. Mm-hmm. He goes to offer him his other half of his port sub sandwich. And the fucking homeless dude replies, I just got done fucking eating. Okay. Oh, all right. Oh, yeah, that's okay, not so right. Okay, so the woman that hangs out at the corner at Keystone that says, in need of feminine products. And my buddy's mm-hmm. wife goes and hands her a tampon and she smirks and says, only pads and turns around. 
I'm not saying you privileged ass homeless bum motherfuckers. Like, but I'm not saying that. But I mean, like, that shit is there. Those are two examples that I'm saying. Just like anyone you meet, there could be a good person, there could be a bad person, there could be a a shitty person. I get that. Yeah. So I'm just saying it's not necessarily. Just like I shouldn't stereotype that every single homeless person is a good person, just fell on bad luck. No, I'm not trying to say that at all. I'm saying it's a case-by-case basis. Yeah, if that woman was on the corner of the street and she didn't accept my tampon, I would have said, fuck you, because I'm giving you a tampon. You can at least just put it in your pocket and pretend to be courteous and give it to someone else, maybe, in in your camp. However, um... There's a lot of people that I've helped that even just giving I so I in my car I'll carry around like male and female like little to go to go packs because sometimes I don't always have money on me but I have these packs so that if I really see someone in need that maybe they can't get a job because they don't wear deodorant not even at fucking McDonald's can they go get a job because they're homeless and they don't have an address and the address they use is the homeless shelter there are cases like that where people are trying there are cases like that and I think when it comes down to it I think showing compassion in a lot of situations gets you more into that human connection than just being completely disengaged I'm not saying don't show compassion Sometimes no. you try and you Everyone's get different. shut down, you know, and, and I'm a firm believer in feeding homeless, helping them out. Yeah, and we help all I'm in our own saying, ways. I'm just saying, like, I'm over them. Yeah. Well, my whole thing was paying court fees, so I really like that there's a there's a well, neutral form for poverty. Let's just say, <laughs> on that note, guys. Yeah. That was today's episode. Hopefully, you liked it. <laughs> I mean, this is very interesting yeah. dynamic. It got me and my boyfriend <laughs> talking. I know it's interesting. I like I get mesmerized by watching them talk. So, <laughs> anyways, well, everybody, I hope you guys have a fantastic day, evening, whatever mm-hmm. time. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on this very special episode, and oh, as always, have a higher train of thought. And welcome to our side of the track. Stay tuned next Wednesday at 420 for our next episode. As for right now, this is Messages from Beyond the Grave with Manzi and Lisa. And me. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.